Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. And today, I want to talk about a new trend in buying homes that is making me nervous, sharing the purchase with family or friends. Also, we've been talking about how expensive travels become. Is that here to stay And whether it's here to stay or not, what do you do today if you need to buy travel to bend the pricing to your budget at least partway? I'm going to fill you in. So the big run-up in housing prices has made people really rethink purchasing. And people are purchasing homes together with a friend, with a family member, whatever. People are doing a variety of things to try to be able to afford a home. And I will tell you, based on years of experience, that these situations can blow up because I really only seem to hear from people when it has blown up on them, where they bought a home with a friend, a family member, one case a work colleague, because it helps you get in the door But then lots of things can go wrong other than just money or relationships. Like an example is what happens if you move in with someone and you co-own a house and you're sharing the common space, you're sharing the kitchen, you're sharing the living room, you're sharing to homes still have dining rooms. I guess it depends on the home, but you're sharing those common spaces and you each have your own room. Hopefully you each have your own bathroom. Because people live different lifestyles, even people you feel like you know really well, and the friction that can come under a roof when people live those different lifestyles, and it can be as simple as one person is really neat and the other is really messy. And you may think, oh, is that really going to be a problem? Yeah. Yeah, that becomes a problem. What happens if One person stops paying the mortgage, or they're half, they're paying late, or they're responsible for paying this, and you're responsible for paying that, and something doesn't get paid. I mean, these are the kinds of things you really have to think about. I like situations where people, you you could still have some of the financial risks, but you eliminate a lot of the other risks if it's not co-living at a residence. And I've talked about this before where you might have something where there's uh, could be a uh, duplex, could be a house that's got like a garage apartment, a basement apartment, something where it's divisible in a way that each person has their own private space, their own living room, their own kitchen, their own bathroom. Doing those kind of things 
it's kind of like that old thing, you know, fences make good neighbors, that there can be too much togetherness. And there are people that everything I'm saying will not ring true, that you know each other so well, things work so well, that you're fine living in a place with each having your own bedroom, but then sharing the common space. But you could have something where somebody's a night owl and the other person's an early bird, early riser. Then that can become difficult as well. So I'm really sorry for putting this in a frame, a box that's all like, well, this could happen bad. That could happen bad. This other thing could happen bad. Why would I do that? Because there are situations in life that are much easier to get into than to get out of. So if you do enter something like this and you feel like, hey, it solves this problem for me, it solves this problem for him or her, and this is going to be great. But then the other side, once you're in, could be the financial, could be the living, how you each live, makes it not so great. And then the exit from it, really hard. Krista? I hate being negative, Nellie. You got to warn people and listen to this question from Celine in Georgia. I have a question about a home I inherited with my siblings in 2019. The home is 100% paid for, but one of the siblings wishes to be bought out. What are the best ways to finance buying the siblings portion of the home? So, all right, Celine, this happens a lot with an inherited home. Uh, usually what ends up happening is the ones who want to hold on to it can't come up with the resources. And the truth is they end up, uh, because one person doesn't want to be part of it, they all end up having to sell to cash everybody out. I don't know the financial situation of you and your siblings in terms of how you would handle this. But one way, and I don't know if it's appropriate, is the sibling who wants to be bought out carries back a note secured by the property and each of you are paying that individual. They'll get more in earnings than they could get otherwise on their money and you will have an opportunity to be able to pay them without the costs involved in each of you as siblings securing financing for your portion of it. That is the easiest way to do it. And I don't know your family dynamic, if that would work at all. Could also be that the sibling who wants out just wants the money and that's not going to work. So if each of you who owns your own home, if you do own your own home elsewhere, borrowing against it is the most cost efficient way to come up with the money for the portion you have to pay for the buyout of the sibling who wants out. If you could pay the money back in a relatively short number of years, it could be a simple home equity line of credit against your existing dwelling that you live in full-time that you would be able to use to pay off the sibling who wants out for your part of it. There are a number of wrinkles on that, a number of things. If the money is going to be substantial enough that you need to borrow money For a longer period of time, you could do a fixed rate home equity loan against your primary home for it. Borrowing against a home owned by multiple people that is nobody's principal residence gets expensive and difficult. 
So the borrowing really needs to come from somewhere else, if in fact it does for each of the siblings require borrowing. Patty in Oklahoma says, I remember hearing you talk about using a Chromebook computer just for banking and paying bills online and not for using it for anything else to keep your accounts safe. Do you still believe this is the best way to handle finances online? Chromebook's fantastic. Believe it or not, uh, doing apps on your phone, uh, people involved in tech security say that that is a safer way to use the financial institution's own app and do your transactions on the phone. And that is an alternative. But Chromebooks, because of their very architecture, remain an incredibly safe way for you to do your banking and your bill pay. Chris in Iowa says, my boyfriend and I are going to buy a house in about two years. He has great credit, but does not use a credit card, doesn't have a car loan or mortgage loan. Should he apply for a credit card now so the bank has some record that he has used credit and paying it off monthly? Or should he not open any new accounts within two years of getting a mortgage? Two years is fine. And I'm curious what good credit your boyfriend has. If he doesn't have credit cards, doesn't have a car loan, uh, doesn't have a mortgage loan, I don't know what credit history he has. But getting a credit card at this point if he can qualify for one, would be a great idea and would be part of showing more robust credit history. Two years out, you got no issue. Uh, Less than six months out, some underwriters would say nine months out, taking out a new credit card would be a real bad mark for you when you're intending to apply for a mortgage. This far out, no issue at all. And I want to tell you that something that is an issue is people going to look to buy tickets for holiday periods for themselves or for a family member are finding that uh, they pretty much have to get the Brinks truck to buy tickets right now. What's going on and how do you fight back against airfares that are up? I think it's 43% year over year right now. I'm going to tell you my strategies that won't necessarily win the game but improve the odds. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. People are freaking out about how much airfares have gone up. And there are multiple reasons. One, the problems at Boeing from their safety issues with the 737, the reliability issues with the 787, and then there's a big backlog of aircraft for delivery. 
And then airlines are way short of all kinds of personnel, uh, principally pilots and mechanics, but uh, a lot of airlines are having trouble finding enough people to do the bags, to work the ticket counter, to work the gates. I mean, there's a significant labor shortage. So airlines are flying much smaller schedules than they have historically. Going back, the way they do it in the airline industry, you go back to 2019, last full year before COVID, and they compare. And so travel demand is actually higher than it was before, and there's a lot fewer seats to be sold to go in the air. So what happens is classic supply and demand economics at work. There's intense demand, a shortage of supply, something's got to give, and that's the airfares have gone up a lot, a lot. So what do you do? I can't defeat the higher prices, but I can help you some with them. One of the things I've learned for domestic travel is that you want to buy all fares one way. Do not do fare searches round trip right now. I'm buying pretty much all my tickets are being bought as one-way tickets now. Because what I do is I go do a multi-airline search. I use google.com slash flights. Other people love using Hopper. Whatever source you like and you find is a good multi-airline search site, I do that. And then I also do southwest.com. Now, when I'm looking for a flight somewhere, I'm being extra flexible as much as I can be about not just time of day I fly, but day that I fly. And I'm modifying my travel, not just holiday period, because demand's been strong outside of holidays. And September... The September numbers have come in for airlines. October's not in yet, but the September numbers were unbelievably strong, weirdly strong for a September. So demand, as you look back and as you look forward, the airlines are like so excited. I mean, they're printing money right now. So there are still weaknesses in the schedule based on uh, it could be. One airline has softness on a day when another airline doesn't. That's why I'm doing these searches one way. And so I'm able to see that if I mix and match, that it can make a difference. My middle child is doing a three-flight trip going to a triangle. She's flying one flight on Southwest, one flight on Alaska, one flight on Delta, because it was cheaper doing that, and she had to modify her dates. And then the fares were really reasonable. If you are mentally married to one particular airline, I will tell you, you're going to pay too much for your tickets right now. If you are willing to be a free agent by flight that you're taking, you can really make an impact on what you're going to have to pay. When you look at not just Google Flights, but several of the search engines, you can see what the lowest fare is by day. And if there are airlines you won't fly, 
you're able to eliminate those from showing. So you're not wasting your time saying, oh man, look at that cheap fare. And you click to that date and it turns out it's on somebody you won't fly no matter what. So when you do that search, you'll see, hey, if I go on Thursday instead of Wednesday, I'll save $100 one way or whatever it is. And then you do the same with the return. And remember, Southwest shows in nobody's databases. That's why Southwest has to be searched separately. In addition, if you're somebody who does do things like check bags, you've got to see what impact that's going to have and what's that going to do to your fare. And is that fare still the best deal or not? Because once you add in what they may charge to check a bag, it may not be a deal anymore. There may be something else that's better. But what we're going to see is till probably 24, we're going to see this through 23, unless the economy goes into a much more serious recession than I expect. You're going to see that demand is going to outrun supply of seats for all of 23. And so this one-way search and the flexibility on travel dates is going to make a big, big difference in what you end up having to pay. Krista? Okay, Rick in Arizona wants to know if Priority Pass membership is ever worth the money. So if you're not familiar with Priority Pass, what it does is it gives you access to a bunch of lounges at airports where instead of waiting at a gate, you can go to a lounge, you can get free food and snacks. Uh, People that are into alcohol, most locations give you free alcohol. And usually they're quieter spaces than the gate area. So if you travel, I'd say twice a month, absolutely it's worth being a member of Priority Pass. But the best way to be a member of Priority Pass is to have a credit card that gives you the Priority Pass membership for free. Capital One, Chase, and American Express all offer cards that include various versions of Priority Pass membership. The best Priority Pass memberships also include um, in certain airports where you can eat for free. They give you a food allowance of like 20 bucks or something at an in-airport restaurant. And I've done it before. It's been great not having to pay airport kind of prices for food. This is from Will in Mississippi. I had a close call with my carry-on and I need your advice. My wife and I love Scott's Cheap Flights travel philosophy of picking a cheap destination. So we booked a cheap flight from Atlanta to Cincinnati. We also booked a separate flight from our regional airport in Mississippi to Atlanta, all on Delta. We packed carry-ons only. While boarding in Atlanta, we had to check our carry-ons because the overhead bins were at capacity. On our way back, our seats were in the back. We told the clerk we did not want to check our carry-ons because Atlanta was not our final destination. The clerk said we ran the risk of missing our next flight because passengers generally have oversized carry-ons. She somewhat scolded us, too, for not booking connecting flights. But she was nice enough to seat us closer to the front. We got home just fine. How do we avoid this problem going forward? If we want to take advantage of cheap flights from our small town. And note, Cincinnati was fun. We enjoyed the over the Rhine neighborhood. So Cincinnati is in. If you haven't been in a long time, it's really, really fun now. And a lot of vitality to Cincinnati. Um, Back to 
the thing, what I do, if I'm doing separate tickets and you were not doing anything against any airline rule, you were flying Delta the whole way, you didn't do anything wrong. It's just it was cheaper in this case on Delta to buy one ticket from Mississippi to Atlanta, a second ticket from Atlanta to Ohio where the airport's actually in Kentucky, Mm -hmm. you know, Cincinnati's airport's in Kentucky. Anyway, in that case, what I do is I carry a micro carry-on for a short trip that will fit under the seat in front of me if I have to. I just got a new micro carry-on that's really cool. It was $27 on clearance. Um, I'm going to try it, and if it turns out to be really great, we can provide that information to people Mm -hmm. to be able to do it. So normally you would go in the overhead bin, but in the case that it wouldn't fit because of all the people taking their carry-ons, that you're still able to get on the plane with it, it goes under the seat in front of you. I can do a four-day trip in a micro carry-on, but that's just me because I wear pretty much the same thing every day. Okay, Katya in Georgia says, Clark, we recently found out that using a credit card to rent a car does not offer the protection we thought it did. Long story short, while on vacation, our nephew took our rental car without permission while my husband was asleep. My nephew was spotted by police and he sped away before stopping. He was charged, but the car did not sustain any damage. The first we heard about it was when my nephew called from jail at 3 a.m., The police had the car impounded rather than contact my husband to come collect it less than 10 miles away. Fast forward to September, we were informed by Visa that they only cover collision, not towing. So we're stuck paying almost $2,000. We don't have budgeted for that. Also, the car rental companies effectively blackballed us from using several other car rental agencies they're affiliated with because we failed to file a theft report. I wish we had read and understood the fine print. So... Gosh, that is a crazy, crazy circumstance. In this case, it was within a family. And even if you had bought the coverages from the car rental agency, you would have been on the hook for the expenses because of the fact that it was a theft situation. And then you throw in the mix that it was family involved. This is just terrible, terrible. I don't understand how the bill got to $2,000. I don't understand that at all. Your real effort, because you don't have the money, needs to be negotiating what reduction you can in that amount of money that you're being asked to pay. Understand why you didn't file the report, because you didn't want your nephew to get in any more trouble than he was already in. And this is always the hard part when it involves family. And I'm really, really sorry about all the circumstances involved with this. And I hope that your nephew does straighten out his life. Mike says, hello, Clark. I was looking for cheap airline tickets to go see my nephew play college football. One of the websites had amazing prices with Frontier and Spirit. That was until you added in a bag, then the price was nearly the major carriers. I booked three seats on Southwest. The next day I got a text stating that my nephew broke his tibia and is out for the season. Oh no! I canceled the flight and got a non-expiring credit from Southwest. Thankfully, I did not book a non-refundable flight with the discount airlines lesson learned. Well, that worked out so perfectly for you with Southwest. It's amazing. I mean, most of the time you're going to be fine buying a non-refundable ticket. 
But I have been so shocked. I thought when Southwest came up with this new ultra, ultra, ultra fantastic policy that credits never expire, Southwest flies more passengers in the United States than anybody else. I thought the others would feel like they needed to copy. They haven't. So it is a marketplace advantage. You know, Southwest had the marketplace advantage before that you could cancel a non-refundable ticket and still not pay any penalties and have the value of the money for a year. And then the other airlines did away with their penalties, so Southwest lost their marketplace advantage. And then they came up with this way of bringing it back, making the money be essentially eternal money instead of having a time clock ticking on it. And it's a wonderful thing that happened other than the terrible thing that your nephew broke his tibia. And I hope that he makes a full recovery and is back next season playing and you're able to go see him play then. Do you know how old I was when I quit playing football? I don't. Junior high. Oh, okay. Turned out I wasn't any good at it. Well, and didn't that's a like good getting thing. hit either. Yeah, getting hit, especially those concussions, are pretty rough. I did want to mention with Southwest one thing I've found: other airlines that I have with the frequent fire programs, they'll hold my e credits and tell me what they are in my account. But you really need to keep track of your Southwest. Not one. anymore. Oh, Southwest that does that. Yeah, with their um, update, you can just click on my account in the upper right hand corner. And it'll show you what flight credits oh, that's you have sitting there and the code you use to redeem those credits. That's good. You used to have to really keep track of You used to have to keep a manual. I used to have it on my phone in my notes section. <laughs> and now you don't have to do that anymore. You could have money vanish on you because you lost track of it. That doesn't happen anymore. Fantastic. So... Enough about Southwest. Enough, yeah. Yeah. It's not a, this is not a paid commercial. This is not, we don't do that. No endorsements, nothing like that. So, uh, Krista and I, though, are loyal to different airlines, and we share our trials and tribulations with each other. And one thing that's clear, there are no perfect airlines out there, are there? No. So, we love hearing about you, what's going on in your life, your money wins, your money lessons. And thank you for sharing your experiences with us and your fellow listener. And I hope you have an absolutely wonderful day.